Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, slash my co-host, Devin, and today we're here to give our thoughts and insights, our thoughts, our deep, deep thoughts about Shazam! Theory of the Gods, a.k.a. Shazam 2. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Felma Optics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, how has your week been? Because for me, it's been dragging a bit, but I've been keeping busy throughout the week. But it's finally Thursday night. We have one more work week day, or work day left, I should say. How has your day been? How's your week been? You know, it's tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day. You got any uh, any Irish plans? Got anything green going on? Um, nothing green, but I am going to a comedy show tomorrow uh, with Cedric the Entertainer and a few other uh, big star comedians um, over at Bridgestone Arena. So that's actually pretty fun. But I don't have any St. Patty's Day plans tomorrow outside of that. What about you? I'm just hanging out. I don't know. Well, there's not really much to do on St. Patrick's Day other than just drink. Like that's that's all that it is. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are going to be doing that throughout the weekend already. So, I mean, with it being on a Friday, I feel like that's a little bit better because you know that's the actual day of St. Patrick's Day. But people are definitely going to be celebrating throughout the weekend, which is totally fine. Um, I'll probably have like a few drinks. Or something, but nothing like balls to the wall, you know, kind of been there, done that already. So it would have to be like a really special occasion for me to like, you know, break out the, uh, the old Stein and, you know, do all that stuff. But yeah, as I mentioned before, uh, we are going to be talking about Shazam Fury of the Gods here on the podcast. This is probably going to be one of the shorter episodes. It's just been a very, very long week on my side, so we're going to try to keep this, you know, not super long, but not super short altogether. But, Devin, did you uh, pick up anything good from that Steam sale? I mean, I've, I've been looking around. It's, it's it's looking pretty nice. I have not I've not perused yet. Sounds like you have some, some stuff in your cart. Oh, I, it's already been added to my library, <laughs> let me tell you. So, I got Dishonored 2. And the third one, I forgot the full name of it. They were like, I think eight bucks each. I think if you bought them together, it was like 12. So I got those two and I bought Sunset Overdrive. I'm debating on buying Persona 5 Royal now or maybe later because this is a spring sale. You know, they always do like the summer sale, winter sale, things like that. But I feel like the spring sale, is, it's really, it's hitting pretty hard i mean i'm trying to refrain myself from like buying anything else but that's pretty much the three things i picked up they weren't super expensive so but you know it is what it is um i think gotham knights is on sale (laughs) 
<laughs> Same thing with Tom. Been for a while. Yeah. Um, you know what else is on sale? Forspoken. You can finally play it, Devin. It's all yours for the taking. Oh, yeah. The game that tanked the studio. <sighs> I was, oh, man. It sh- that thing should have been 20 bucks already, honestly. But, yeah, um, definitely peruse. See, see what you like. You know, L- look through your wish list first because that's what I did altogether. But enough chitter chatter about video games, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're just we're, we're just two happy campers when it comes to uh, to PC gaming, the, the, the old Steam, the old Steam deck. But as I mentioned before, we are going to be getting into our Shazam Fury of the Gods review. If you are new to the show, welcome altogether. Uh, the way that we usually break down our reviews is that we get into our initial reactions first. Then we'll get into spoilers and we'll let you know full well in advance once we get into spoilers. Then we get into our final thoughts and ratings. And then we close out with our coming up next section. And then we say our final goodbyes. So with all that said, we'll be right back after this introduction to Shazam Fury of the Gods. Come on now. Listen to me, Billy. The fate of the world depends on it. The daughters of Atlas are coming for you. Children stole the power of all the gods. This is very personal, Billy. Look, I might not have as much experience as you because I'm not super old like you, (laughs) but I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies, lady. It's all about... And we are back with our Shazam! Fury of the Gods review. The director of this movie is David F. Sandberg and stars Rachel Zegler, Grace Caroline Curry, Zachary Levi, and Helen Mirren. And the story is as follows. This is a very basic synopsis. Doesn't really give anything away about the plot. But the synopsis is as follows. The film continues the story of teenage Billy Batson, who upon reciting the magic word Shazam, is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego titled or named Shazam. He finally has a name. Yeah, finally has a name. Finally has a name. I know it. I thought that he had that in the last movie, but I guess not. But we're going to get into our initial reactions here. So I'm going to pass it over to Devin so he can get his initial reactions to Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah, let's dive on in. Um, I feel like the original Shazam is definitely a favorite of both of ours for, as far as DC goes. Like, If we had to do a ranking, it's probably top three for me as far as the DCEU. Like, that, that one was just such a pleasant surprise and it just had like these just magical moments and the, the pockets of humor that just really worked. And I feel like there is a lot of that in this one, but there is also kind of, there's definitely some issues here. Um, I'd say overall it is as, as a follow-up, it definitely lost some of the magic of, that the original had, I th- I'd say, but it is nice to have the original cast back. I think for me, um, I would say Jack Dylan Grazer stole the show similar to the first one, him and the relationship he has with Rachel, Zeg- Rachel Zegler's character, Anne, we'll call her. Um, I think that was definitely the strong point of the movie, and I just liked his performance overall. And he had a lot to do. Like, 
he had a lot more acting to do than um, his counterpart in a- a- Asher Angel, who was in Zachary Levi form a-, a lot of the time in this movie. So I definitely enjoyed his performance. There's a lot of a lot of cool moments. Some of the humor works for me. Some of it didn't land as much as I would have liked it to. And it felt like it was similar for the theater I was in as well, which had a decent amount of people. Um, some of the CGI was a bit iffy, but then there are others, other parts that it looked really cool. Like, I think the dragon looked really cool. But then they kind of had a similar issue to the, to the first one where there's these monsters that just kind of look goofy and off um, that are just placed into the world. And then there's also um, a cameo, which is just kind of doesn't seem to really fit, especially considering the person it is and the feature they have in the DC, which doesn't seem to be very, very bright at the moment because of the things that they've been changing. And it just just doesn't really seem like this uh, cameo really, really works just because of how the future of that character is it just feels out of place. Um, but other than that, it's, I mean, it's, it's a fun movie. Like there's, there's nothing terribly wrong with it, but I'd say just kind of a downgrade from the original, but still enjoyable nonetheless. I couldn't agree more. Um, when it comes to this movie for my initial reactions, at least, uh, just looking at Rotten Tomatoes altogether, because for this one, I kind of wanted to steer clear of that. Um, I saw a few people's initial reactions. Uh, they seemed somewhat mixed. Um, on the audience score as of right now with like at least 50 plus verify ratings. It's sitting at an 80% as of March 16th, uh, 2023 on the critic side it's actually sitting at a 54%, which I'm actually kind of surprised uh, with about 105 reviews, but it's gone down even further than it was earlier. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It was at like 70 earlier today. Okay, yeah, I, I see what you mean, but yeah, for for this movie, I do agree with what Devin uh, that what you're saying. It's very, you know, the you know the the first movie is like one of the best DC movies that we've had, and knowing the future of DC, you know, with their reboot and what whatnot is going on, it, it kind of you know question at least for me where Shazam fits in all of this, and of course for that. Uh, cameo or i should say cameos if you're counting the um post-credit scenes but um for the movie itself you know i i thought it was just fine you know this is the the second dc movie that we've had you know we the last dc movie we had was black adam and that didn't do as well i enjoyed this far far more so than Black Adam, but I do agree with you, Devin. Uh, a lot of the humor, like some of it hit, some of it didn't, and I don't know what it was about the movie, but I just wasn't as invested into the sequel as I was with the original. Something just like felt a little off. Yeah, it's almost as if this took the Quantum Mania route, where you know we had the first two Ant Man movies. And they feel very familiar, you know, right at home, exactly what they're supposed to be. But, you know, with the first Shazam movie, you know, you can honestly say that that's a Christmas movie. 
And for this movie, you know, we, we saw like the original poster. We saw a lot, a lot of the early marketing. We we're very excited for it. You know, we both love Shazam. You know, I think Zachary Levi plays an amazing Shazam altogether. But it's something, I agree, something fell off. And I'm not sure if it was, I, I think maybe with uh, Asher Angel, he wasn't in this movie as much. Like you said, he was mainly in his Shazam form. Uh, Rachel Zegler uh, put on a great performance, of course, with Jack Dylan Grazer, like you said. They were probably the stars of the show. And then you had Helen Mirren and uh, Lucy Liu um, playing the uh, Hesperia and Calypso, which are like the, the two gods that are, you know, wreaking havoc between Helen and Lucy's characters. And yeah, something just felt a little off and it's, it has its nice moments. And I did chuckle at times because I saw it with about, I don't know, maybe 10 people. Cause we're, you know, we're doing this on a Thursday night. We usually don't record the night of uh, watching a movie, at least not anymore, just so we can kind of marinate in our brains, but you know, scheduling and whatnot, it, it kind of came to this, but something about the, I think for me, it's the writing. I think it was. Cause like, I do agree with what you're saying. Like the dragon seemed really awesome. Like, you know, the way that it looked was pretty cool. It was kind of like that dark bark wood tree type of dragon, but you know, a very European looking dragon, but the rest of the obstacles are like the monsters. It kind of just falls into that. Oh, well, let's just make this monster and make it gray and just make it super bland. But I feel like this movie ties into the first Shazam fairly well because you have Billy Batson, you know, you have the entire Shazam team, you know, fighting crime. And, you know, Billy is going to be out of the system soon. He is getting older. He's turning 18 within the next four to five months. And he starts to, you know, kind of cling on to what once was. And obviously that goes back to nothing lasts forever. But that's kind of the whole theme of the movie almost. But a few surprise cameos for sure. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's something just did not feel right with this. And I think part of it was the writing. And I mean, this movie had more than enough time to, you know, marinate and for them to get out there. But I'm not sure what it is. But did you have any other initial thoughts before we get into our spoiler section? Yeah, I think another issue is another thing that they probably should have learned from from the first one, just kind of. The bland generic villains again just seems like an issue that occurred yeah. here as well. Mm. Like I know you get you get Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, like obviously they're both great actors, but it just feels like they're just kind of there for the paycheck. Like they're just doing their job, and there's, there's not there's not much interesting about them. I agree. It, it's it's weird because you know we are in this odd DC. Um, purgatory kind of state right now. Um, for those who don't know, um, DC studios is doing a complete overhaul. So a lot of the movies that we have been seeing, well then that's, um, you know, the first cinematic universe with like wonder woman and Shazam and Aquaman and the flash, um, et cetera, aren't nets and Batman aren't necessarily happening anymore. They're kind of, using the new flash movie that's coming out to 
reset a lot of things and essentially do like a reboot for uh, DC Studios altogether. So they kind of get like a, a clean, quote unquote, clean, fresh start. The reason why I say that is because some people are staying, you know, reprising the roles. Others will not, will be exiting the um, franchise um, or the, the universe altogether. So it's very, um, it's everything's up in the air right now. And it's very odd, but let's actually get into spoilers. Cause I definitely want to talk about this um, cameo that they showed in the trailer. And I don't know why they did that, but Let's get into our spoiler section. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for Shazam! Fury of the Gods again. That is your second spoiler warning for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So if you have not seen it, turn back now, go watch it with your mother, your brother, your significant other, and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. So, let's talk about the the biggest thing that happens which um we see shazam or you know billy batson pining over wonder woman the entire movie and i thought it was just like a small little running joke but she actually makes an appearance in the movie yeah i did i did not like the fake out in the the towards the beginning like you you can't do the headless the headless hero again not again. Just, it, I was I was so frustrating because it's just like that's another complaint people had about your last movie and you're doing it again. Like why? It just looks. <laughs> it just is so silly. It's just it's goofy. I don't know why they would choose to do that again. Especially when she's in the actual movie. Like you're just doing a fake out. To yeah. do a fake out at that point. Right. I was gonna say like at least in the first Shazam movie, we didn't know. You know. The whole Henry Cavill thing coming back at Superman was up in the air. We did not know. So they're like, hey, let's put Superman in our movie, but we're just going to remove his head. I thought that was perfect for the first Shazam movie. But like you said, you know, doing it again and doing a fake out during during essentially a dream sequence where it's clearly Gal Gadot who is standing there. So we technically get a head shot it's just not the front of her head the first time that we see her in the movie. And then she just randomly appears towards the end after Billy dies to which which I thought was a quite touching moment altogether. But after Billy dies and, you know, he was like essentially the last god among them in order for, you know, the rest of the team to have their powers back. And then she just shows up out of nowhere, which I thought was very weird because, yeah, they made reference to her throughout the movie. But the first time we saw her was a dream sequence. So and I get that, you know, she is, you know, a part of that universe, but they also showed her in the marketing. Yeah, it's I didn't see her in the marketing, but I think I heard that she was in it. It just. It's just weird with their whole situation. Like, it just doesn't have the impact because we know that more than likely she is not a thing anymore. Galgada Wonder Woman currently does not have a future in the DC that we know of. Yeah. And neither does Ben Affleck as uh, Batman. I mean, he's going to be in the, the Flash, but I believe that is the last time we're seeing him. So I, I feel as if, even though there are a lot of definitive, you know, 
here's what we're doing with the new DC, you know, with Peter Sanfran and James Gunn. I feel like they still don't have everything figured out because some people are staying and let's talk about the first post credit scene, of course, here in spoilers. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to say I did not stay for the post credits because I really had to pee. So you're going to have to fill me in on those. So apparently there was two post credit scenes. I did not stay for the second one because I also had to use the bathroom. Um, <laughs> right, I'll look up the second one. But the first one was with, I think his name is Reconnaissance from Peacemaker and Harcourt. They come to recruit Billy, or he's in a Shazam form, to join the Justice Society. But they kind of make it a big joke because, you know, um, Amanda Waller sent them to go find uh, Shazam. And, you know, they're doing their spiel, and they're like, oh, we would like you to join the Justice. And then he cuts them off, and he says, oh, my gosh, I would love to join the Justice League. And he keeps, you know, harping on the whole Gal Gadot thing with uh, for Wonder Woman. And they're like, we want you to join the Justice Society. And then he's like, oh, well, that's different. And then it kind of just goes from there. But, yeah, that's pretty much the first post credit scene, which I thought was pretty interesting because it is at least telling us. Well, at least as far as we know, because Superman shows up in the post credit scene for Shazam or for Black Adam. But that's a different thing, because that whole movie felt like just a setup to bring up Superman. And then he's not coming back. I think Zachary Levi as Shazam is fine in this world. I feel like having Harcourt and uh, Reconnaissance, I think that's his name. I do. It's uh, It's Economos. Economos, thank you. So I think Economos and Harcourt sharing a scene with Zachary Levi gives us a little bit more promise. Because this movie was supposed to come out a while ago, correct? Um, I don't remember the original date. I can't remember the original date either. But yeah, that was the first post credit scene. I just looked up the second one and it's it's interesting. So apparently it's Dr. Savannah, the bad guy from the first one, in a jail cell talking to the talking worm thing again. Oh, they're doing that again? Oh, I mean, I, I guess. Okay, that's not as interesting as I thought. Because I thought the worm was going to make an appearance in this movie, but I guess not. I don't know. It, it's it's weird, man. I mean, I, I just I felt like, like it's cool that, you know, we had Wonder Woman show up, but she just felt out of place because she wasn't there. Like the entire movie, this is like, (laughs) this, this is almost like you have the vulture and Morbius just meeting up out of nowhere. Why? Because they're technically in the same universe, so they can just do that. At least, at least when that happened in Peacemaker, it was like a joke. Like it wasn't like a serious scene where they actually do something that's just as good just there because it's funny that they're, that they're late to the show. Exactly. Here it's like she, she's actually a part of the plot. It's just like it doesn't really fit. Yeah, like if it was an actual post-credit scene that she showed up in, which I thought it was, that would have made more sense. But she literally just comes out of nowhere. They're like, oh, you know. That, that also um, goes back to the issue with Black Adam, where he doesn't want to share the screen with Shazam. Like, they're they're two characters most known for being with each other, and because of The Rock being selfish, I guess, then. And skipping right to Superman, we don't get that. And that could have been a cool cameo, but it's not what we got. 
Yeah, I mean, Black Adam gets his powers from the same wizard as Shazam. So, like, they you know, that is literally literally his his antagonist, his his villain or Shazam's villain. But yeah, I don't know why the rock kept pushing for Superman. I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. I mean, they had fought against each other before, but it's like, they're not, it's, it's just, you know, when I think, when I think black Adam, I think Shazam, I don't think Superman, but yeah, I don't know why Gal Gadot was just thrown in here. Like, Oh, there's no more gods left. Well, there's one. And then she just pops out. I was like, was this was this directed like written by people from Reddit? Because she just came out of nowhere, dude. I don't know where she came from. It, it's don't like, get me wrong. The DC already wasn't in a, a connected universe, and then here at the very end, they're still trying like to throw in any connectedness they can. Like, it's weird. Just let that go. <laughs> it, it's she literally. I was I was not expecting to see her. I thought I thought she was a post credit scene. Because I came across a, um, a leak. Well, I thought it was a leak, but apparently I was told that was actually part of the trailer. Then I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's there. I'm like, okay, but she, yeah, she's not even a part of the plot whatsoever. It would have made sense if she was there because, you know, her father is Zeus. And, you know, the whole Greek mythos thing with Shazam, it works. It, it all ties in together, but... You know, they, they just didn't do it. But, yeah, overall, I mean, I thought the performances were good. You know, Rachel Zegler, you know, she she did her thing. Um, like you said, Jack Dylan Grazer, he's probably the best part of the entire movie. But let's get into our uh, final thoughts and our ratings. I got, I got to throw in one more, one more thought here. The thing that bothered me the most was the... The Skittles unicorn. Oh, boy. That one really... <laughs> That 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 was worse to me than the ants coming back in Ant Man. Like that was just the rainbow. <laughs> that was just dumb on a level that just makes you. It just causes you physical pain. Like, how much does Skittles pay for that? Because it felt like a straight up product placement for like a good five minutes there. Like even the tagline you just mentioned got used twice. It just felt so, so weird, and the fact yeah. that unicorns. They they equated ambrosia to Skittles. Ambrosia is like the nectar of the gods, and mm. they just made it Skittles. It's just so off. I just did not like that part. I mean, I, I guess depending on who you ask, you, you would have... I mean, I guess Skittles would be the nectar of the gods somewhat, but there was also... Um, yeah, I... It was okay. I mean, like, I thought it was like a fun little moment. I didn't think too much of it, but saying it twice, I think, kind of killed the joke. Cause, like, if she was going to say it, she should have said it the second time or the way that she said it the second time altogether. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, the cast is great. It's just something was missing. I'm not sure if the same writer for the first Shazam uh, wrote this movie. Um, if so, I was just saying, it feels like the more we talk about it, the more negatives come out. Like, I guess as far as positives go, like we mentioned, the dragon was cool. Obviously, the characters are are all pretty great. Like, it's good to have the original family back, and those dynamics are all pretty good. And then um, Rachel Zegler and Jack Dylan Grazer, their relationship is is definitely the heart of this movie. 
Um, but other than that, um, I did like the opening sequence. I thought that was a pretty decent job of establishing the villains in a, in a cool way. But yeah, other than that, I mean, not too much to dive into. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it boils down to. And you know, anyone out there who's listening, you know, it's not we. It's not like we're trying to rip the movie apart. Like far, far from it. Like one hundred percent, because it's just we enjoy Shazam, and you know, we were looking forward to this movie. It's just something's missing from this movie. And, you know, like I said, I, I did chuckle from time to time. Like I had a lot of fun with it. Like when it came to like a lot of the jokes and whatnot, like I thought the plot was fine. Like, and it came to a very emotional ending, but yeah, there's something that's felt very off about this altogether. But yeah. Also, yeah, we should also talk about the ending because it was of an emotional ending, but then like we keep saying one woman just appears and just kind of undercuts the ending. Because it was pretty emotional. Because I thought that was going to be the end for Billy Batson. I thought he was just going to die. I'm like, okay, you know, they did two Shazam movies. You know, they're, they're moving on to, to other projects. That's fine. And then, yeah, Wonder Woman just shows up and essentially just revives Billy. And then everything's all good again. You know, everyone gets their powers back. And nothing really changes outside of Rachel Zegler's character being added into the mix. And, um, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and the wizard getting some, some new, uh, some new threads. Yeah. He's got some new clothes and a cool hat. There was also with, um, Pedro Pena, um, the, the heavier set, um, brother, like, I guess you can say he had a little bit of a story arc, but like they didn't really go anywhere. It kind of just was there. Like they kind of, I was like, Oh, okay. I mean like, that's fine. Like, you know, she, he says that he's gay. It's like, okay. But like, they didn't really, they didn't do anything with it. They were just like, they, they hinted at it like twice. Like they hinted at it once. Yeah, it's kind of just like a punchline. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, cool. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily bad. It's just, I don't even know why that was thrown in there because it doesn't really serve anything to the story. If that makes any sense. Like if he would have had like, you know, a B plot line of him, you know, coming to terms and like, you know, wanting to come out to his family and whatnot. I felt like that would have been better, but he kind of just says, he's like, Oh, he's like saying magic words or whatever. He's like, I'm gay. And they're like, Oh, cool, man. And I was like, okay. I'm like, that's great. You know, very accepting family, but like, that's it. There was, there was nothing else. I was like, there, it felt like a throwaway line. Like you said, it felt like it was just like a butt of a joke. And I was like, Okay, I mean, I guess that's fine, but let's get into our final thoughts here because we're gonna get be here all day. <laughs> like we said, you know, we like we like the movie just fine. It's just not not um it's something that really um something's missing from this movie that the first movie had. But Devin, what are your final thoughts and your ratings for Shazam: Fury of the Gods? Yeah, final thoughts overall. Um, feels like it lost some of the magic from the original, but it definitely still has. Some some positives to make up for that, and it's it's still a fun ride throughout, um, even if it falls flat in some areas. Um, overall, I'd probably give it like a like a seventy overall. Like it's not oh. horrible by any means, but it's also just I I can see it, I can see it being pretty forgettable a couple of years down the road. Like just kind of another superhero sequel. 
I think this is the first time we were agreeing on a score together because I was also going to give it a 70. Um, you know, not exact. Yeah. I mean, not, not terrible, not, but not like the best thing ever. I mean, definitely better than black Adam. Let's just, I think it's higher than this higher score than I gave black Adam. Yeah. That, yeah. Black Adam. It's not like black Adam wasn't even like a good superhero movie, but yeah, a lot of my, you know, final thoughts, I, I enjoyed how fun it was, how, you know, they, they try to think out of the box and, you know, it, it's still, you know, it's all about family, that, that kind of thing. But in the family aspect is still at its core. And that is what I like about the Shazam movies for sure. Is that how close knit this, um, this fam this group of family is that, you know, came from different backgrounds and, you know, that, that are in the foster system altogether. But yeah, for some reason, I feel like it's the the first one really just sticks more true to me. I mean, the first one had its issues, you know, with, with the villain and whatnot. But overall, it was still a great movie. And something about Shazam: Fury of the Gods doesn't uh, shine as bright as the original Shazam, um, for whatever reason. But yeah, I would give it seventy out of a hundred um, altogether. Probably just like three out of five stars on letterbox and you know call it a day but i agree devin it's probably just going to be one of those movies um that kind of just fade into uh fade into the wind altogether so with all that said that is a wrap on today's episode and if you like what you heard on today's episode please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at film optics that is optics to stay in the know and as always make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend whether it be your mother your brother or your significant other make sure to share an episode of the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need and really quick let's take a sneak peek of what's coming up next on the show so what's coming up next we have our dungeons and dragons review that we'll definitely be uh reviewing within the next few weeks as well as our john wick 4 review very excited to talk about that movie saw it a few days ago i might have to see it again um it's a lengthy one just letting you know right now Devin. It, it's it's pushing three hours so it's it's a lot of wick and also I, i'm thinking about i think a good person comes out with martin uh not martin freeman excuse me morgan freeman and a Florence Pugh. So if you're interested in covering that, Devin, let me know. Because I think that would be a, a nice uh, feel-good movie. A nice little palate cleanser we can get, you know, from all these uh, thrillers slash movies we've been covering um, as of late. Especially after that uh, Last of Us episode finale. And really quick, what is out now? You can listen to all of our The Last of Us episodes, episodes 1 through 9, that are individually available on the podcast. You can also listen to our Scream 6 review that is spoiler-free for everyone to listen to. And our Mandalorian Episode 1 Season 3 review. We will be covering the rest of the Mandalorian once the season finale hits. But with all that said, thank you all for listening. And remember, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. I'm Christian, and that was Devin signing off. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.